0: so yeah it keeps the mind uh, in an awesome uh, you know an um, awesome place and as well the body in a, in a relaxed place and uh, so i've been using both but uh, i've been trying to to breathe um, to be more aware of the breathing and try to maybe sometimes don't use the thoughts and try to see if i can only use the breathing to to make an awesome uh, change in my state of mind, so just playing with it, mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yes, there's many different ways of thinking about it, and one of them is, is that the breathing becomes sort of an anchor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, it anchors in as yes, into reality because we started to pay attention to it, and uh, there are many examples of other kinds of anchors. One would be a loud noise that happens, or a a bright flash would be something that the eyes would then hone in on, anchor in on. Or if we heard a sound, dogs, for instance, will perk up their ears, so they'll start to listen carefully, okay? Um, And so um, there's many things that humans have done to try to build these anchors. One of them is called a mala, and uh, humorously also called worry beads. Mm-hmm. And Islam uses these worry beads. Uh, and there's two forms. One would be a mala that would be around the neck, and the other one would be a, a bracelet that could be double-sized. And so you'd you wrap it in half and put it put it there. And then the people will go one bead at a time, but guess what? We can do that mindlessly too.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: Even the worry beads then don't bring about uh, the uh, anchorage that, that we're looking for. Okay. But in fact, a really, really strong anchor is often used more in the movies than in real life. It's somebody getting slapped. Okay. <laughs> with, with the quality of the language of wake up. Mm -hmm. Okay, and that whole idea is designed to bring about this sati to bring about and that um, other people would carry some sort of meditation object around like a casino or a fire meditation requires something on the outside But the breathing is always there. That's one of the benefits and the qualities to it. And that we can begin to use that intentionally so as an anchor. So that as we bring up Anapanasati, it's almost like which came first mentality about the chicken or the egg. I've just heard a new joke, by the way, about that. Which came first, the chicken or the egg? And the guy actually ordered a chicken and ordered an egg off of Amazon (laughs) to find out. (laughs) Which comes first. (laughs) But in the regard of the breathing then, which does come first? Is it the in-breath? Is it the gladdening of the mind? Is it both together? Is it both together with maybe a delay on this side and maybe a delay on that side? But the important point is is that we will use the breath to come into the here now, to remember the feet. Mm-hmm. And from that anchorage, then, we could say that sati then would come right along with it. And then trailing behind would be uh, the gladdening of the mind, wholesome new thoughts. Mm-hmm. While then the resultant feeling good that came from the good thoughts while we were also breathing well. This seems to be the way that, uh, that it works, but we can actually change that around to where sati comes first and we remember then to gladden the mind and part of the gladdening on the mind then becomes the, the, the deep end breath then followed by uh, the feeling good. Something with, uh, with that would be uh, relaxing of the body and experiencing the body. Now, here's the thing that's really beautiful about that, and that is, is that each moment is a new moment, and we can experiment with this stuff in sequence to see which comes first, the, the sati or the breath. And we'll find out sometimes one and sometimes the other. Mm-hmm. So we just automatically just start taking a deep breath. And with that, trails the mind. And then sometimes we actually remember, wait a minute, what am I thinking about? Let's change the mind and then we breathe. Okay? And all of this happens really, really quickly in there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's something to be experimented with, something to be uh, uh, watchful of. But all of that is far, far more important. Uh, let us say, uh, it's more of the result of the fact that we have remembered to come out of the hindrances. That's the big one, is, is that we have to do one or the other as a uh, quality of coming out of thoughts of the past, thoughts of the future, thoughts of work to do, thoughts of anything like that In, including. Uh, thoughts that bring on um, confusion.
2: Yeah, like doubt
1: and uh, yeah. so we get confused. And the answer always is to drop the confusion because we don't have to have the answer to the question to be good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. So whatever question arose in the mind doesn't need an answer. I can feel good right now not knowing.
0: Mm-hmm. I like this one. Yeah, this one is nice when uh, <laughs> when I realize that uh, I'm having doubt.
1: <laughs> yeah. Bye. Yeah. that the, um the the human mind, the way that our society works, actually teaches us to be on guard because there's danger, and that mm-hmm. could have actually been with our human society all along from very, very primitive times. We lived in the jungle, and we as humans were able to bring ourselves out of the jungle, but we brought the jungle with us when we did. You've heard the expression of um, you could take the boy out of the country, but you can't take the country out of the boy.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh in Southern English, country means people who don't live in town. They live out in the country. Okay. Mm. And they're no and they're then looked down on by the city people.
2: Yeah. yeah.
1: Okay, so when you bring the the country boy to the city, he's still a country boy, possibly for a long time. Those are like the hindrances mm. is to learn to wake up, to realize that this moment right now is a new moment that it's not the past. That the country would then be our past, but the present moment is if we're in town now, wakey wakey. That's Let's see what's going on here, rather than living in the past.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's not even uh, our past, right? It's been passed down by um, by education and uh, you know the habits of the the parents. And because we've never been in in the jungle, I mean, in that much danger. So I feel like it's not even our uh, personal past, like.
1: <laughs> Uh, Yes, exactly. That In fact, what I'm talking about is not an education per se in the sense of putting new information in the mind, but rather we're talking about the attitude that we have. Mm -hmm. The attitude is from, uh, let us say, the boy in the country when he first gets to town is quite afraid of the place. He doesn't know anything. Mm-hmm. Everything is a big surprise to him, okay? And the problem is, is that he's going to stay in that state. Unless he can actually wake up and recognize that he can figure out what's going on. He can see things as they really are. We don't have to to uh, keep filtering our mind through the delusion of our past. How does this fit into what I already know? Well, guess what? doesn't have to (laughs) 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 this new moment doesn't have to fit into our past we can make a change here and that's what we have to keep remembering over and over and over again and using the breath for that as an anchor to remember to come out of the past come out of the future into the present moment which is actually quite nice if we pay attention to it which actually another way of saying it means to come into our senses.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You've heard that expression, no doubt, someplace along the line of come, come to your senses. Yeah. Okay. Mostly what we think of coming to our senses, actually many people misunderstand that to get the brain working functionally correctly.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But that's not actually what it means. Coming to one's senses means... Look at what's going on. Listen to what's happening around you. Look at, look at the situation. Look at how you feel. Look at what's going on. That's what we actually mean by coming to our senses. is to come into the present moment. Mm-hmm. Be here now. rather than angry about what this guy did <laughs> long ago. Yeah Let's come to our senses. Let's look at the situation as it is now. And so um, this is actually a very good way of thinking about what Anapanasati is really all about. It's coming to our senses. It's coming to the present moment. But um, to mention something, Achan has written an article that I fully agree with when he says it's coming to the present moment is not enough. Because there's many different ways of coming to the present moment. In other words, when we hear the dog bark, we may jump up and go run out on the porch. In that regard, we're in the present moment. But if we pick up the shotgun on the way, (laughs) (laughs) that's what makes it not such a the actual present moment that we're looking for. That, in fact, you could say that. in the present moment is sati to wake up out of the past into the present moment but now that we're in the present moment we have to look at what the present moment really is and that's where we need our senses
2: mm. Mm.
1: to look at the present moment in inside and outside recognize that there's no dangers out here so why should there be any dangers in here too that's many ways that we can look at it is let's get the inside and the outside in sync with each other in reality.
0: Mm-hmm. I saw a, a video where you were talking about uh, you know, traumas and sankara. Um, uh-huh. So sometime when I come to the present um, and uh, you know, I feel like there is a tension or an emotion that I, I don't like. I used to not like, so I, I see my not liking of this sensation. And uh, mm-hmm. so I guess this is considered uh, a sankara, and um, but sometimes I don't even know why, you know. I just try to to see if I can like it, and that changes the sensation from, uh, you know, uh, not comfortable to to enjoyable, you know, like uh, mm-hmm. transforms it. And um so the way to my question is the way to to change the sankara. Is it to switch it from uh, not liking it to liking it enough that I can get uh, used to to like uh, this sensation? Is it
1: uh... yes, exactly so. Uh, one of the um, teachings that I have used is the song from Simon and Gar- Garfunkel that talks or says, "Hello, darkness, my old friend." Yeah. Because that we really do have to be able to see those things. And one of the examples would be a pain in the leg. If we don't like it and don't know what it is and and don't want to do any, uh, let us say, we're afraid of it, then that means that we're not really looking at it to see what it is. So one of the things about a doctor is, uh, actually we can talk about veterinarians because a vet, uh who works on animals uh but the animals don't talk so whereas the uh, human doctors the uh, being uh his patients will talk to him what the medical doctors often really need to do is to stop being doctors for people and start being vets for people and stop listening to what they have to say and start poking around mm-hmm. Start figuring out what's going around, poking around, et, et cetera, like that. Um, and see what the uh, patient slash animal's uh, reactions to that is. Uh, and uh, we can do that ourselves. That's the whole thing is, is that, uh, for instance, if there is a particular pain in the leg, then let's uh, investigate that. How deep is it? Is it a bruise on the surface? Is it an itch on the, the surface? Is it something deep in the, uh, the leg? Where in the leg? Is it around the joint? Is it bursitis? You know, that kind of stuff. And we could figure all of that kind of stuff out ourselves if we really take a look at it. Mm-hmm. But that means that we have to stop avoiding it and start treating it friendly. Nurturing, so if we can do that with a pain in the leg or any place else in the body, we can do that with a pain in the heart, too.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: That's what the whole practice of anapanasati is is to recognize these, these painful thoughts that we have so that we can deal with them correctly. But if we don't want to look, yeah, find up continue, continuing to be a victim. I've had students talk about it, all my mind's a dumpster fire. (laughs) Well, how do you have thought your mind's a dumpster fire? Can't you see that thought is an unwholesome thought?
0: Yeah, let's take
1: that thought out.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Instead of uh, before, I wanted to chase the the thoughts away. Mm -hmm. But uh, now I try to welcome it and it works uh, even more. Like it's almost like I pull it toward me and it disappears into uh, well-being. It feels like this. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
1: That I'm okay as I am. I don't have to match up to some standard of, oh, you shouldn't have that pain in the leg.
0: Mm Yeah. Yeah, exactly. The standard of uh, of a good practice. (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm. Well, that's the only way that we're going to get the mind completely unified and whole is because all the constituent components wind up being friends with one another. Mm, I see, yeah. And so Buddha talks about friendship is so so important, is because friendship is what organizes and, and uh, seals the mind, so that the uh, the rule-making part of the mind is not browbeating the uh, feeling part of the mind, which Eric Byrne identified as the parent and the child. But the Buddha had that too. He had that knowledge. He could see that we actually set standards and rules for ourselves, and that's what mostly makes us miserable.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. I
0: really do feel so that. Having
1: this present moment as this present moment, we judge it against some criteria or something. Is it good enough based upon the set sort of rules that we're carrying around?
2: Mm-hmm. And yes. The
1: answer is to stop the rules and just enjoy it like it is, brand new and fresh. Mm-hmm. And we can do that with the breath. This breath is brand new and fresh.
2: Yeah, he's starting again with no rules, right, <laughs> no standards.
1: Well, I'm really pleased with your practice. I congratulate you. Thank you. You're moving forward very well. And so all I have to say is, never mind, start again.
2: <laughs> yeah yeah and uh did
1: you, did you ever come with a particular question at all? I mean, we've just been run it for the past twenty minutes with we talking about how nice it is to remember how nice it is
0: <laughs> yeah it is nice <laughs>
2: yeah
0: and it it really feels like uh you, you know you you are saying'm uh, making the mind uh all uh it really feels like uh all the sensation become one good feeling, and um feels like there is no, not so much uh, um, uh, difference of shape into the sensation when I'm in this state. It's it's almost like one big uh, well-being uh, sphere <laughs>
2: or something. Mm-hmm.
1: Exactly. That's what the, the joy of the unification of the mind is all about. It is very, very much like um, um, uh story with Melanda backwards. You remember the story about uh, Melinda wanted to know what the self was and uh, Nargajuna used the example of the chariot and says, oh, King, can I take apart your chariot to recognize that the chariot is only in the human mind, but there's no such thing as chariotness. Yeah. Yeah, it's just a concept. We manufacture everything and then the mind leads it first. And so one guy had an idea of two wheels. Another guy had an idea of a basket. Another had a guy had an idea about a, a, a horse. And the next thing you know, things are together. So um, with that point, we begin to recognize everything is is that right, including who we think we are. Mm-hmm. But everything kind of falls apart into these all constituent components, and the Buddha wants us to really look at it and look at all of these parts. But then we're going to put it back together more correctly. An example of that would be like uh, uh, an automobile that is manufactured on an assembly line, just standard automobiles, right? One after another after another. Maybe the color changes, but that would be about all. And each one of them has kind of unique defects. Now, imagine someone buys one of those cars to put on to Formula One racing, or no, they uh, let us say stock car racing or something like that, to where they take that stock, Built car from the factory and tear it apart completely, and then put it back together with love and affection, and making sure that everything fits together right, so that it now is a much superior automobile to the one that that uh, the factory produced. This one was re- rebuilt by hand. Now we can think of as a society raises all of us children in kind of that meat grinder production model atmosphere with 30 kids in first grade, et cetera, <clears> like that.
2: <throat> okay?
1: Ass-produced education. And that what the teachings of the Buddha is all about is let's take that whole thing apart. Recognize that we do not need all of this extra baggage. And so we start throwing it out and making this thing really lightweight, so that it eventually learns how to fly, so that we can go sailing rather than dragging and hauling around a whole bunch of junk. <laughs>
0: yeah. So the the taking apart uh, the parts that we do first, uh, this is recognizing the role of the breath, right, of the 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 thoughts, seeing the thoughts, and uh, seeing also the you know how the the posture. Uh, Right? Is it uh, seeing all the different uh, factors of uh, well-being?
1: Precisely. And the way that we begin to do that is through the Satipatthana, the body, the feeling, the minds, and the mind's objects. Because a lot of people, when they come to the teachings of the Buddha, they never think of it that way. Mm -hmm. And yet so much of the suttas are founded upon that, that phraseology. But then we take that as a foundation and start looking at it deeper. And one of the ways of looking a little deeper is by looking at it as the five aggregates rather than the four um, Satipatana. And then we plug that into the way that the mind actually works and we wind up with uh, Petitra Samupata. And so after we really really fine-tune, another example that I use, like a, a, a clock, is the clocks can be manufactured and mass-produced. But mostly what we do with old clocks is they've been around for a long time collecting a whole bunch of garbage, a whole bunch of dust. What we need to do is literally to clean our own clock. <laughs> and how we do that is taking it apart one gear at a time, polishing that gear, getting all the dirt out of it, and then putting that gear back into place and making sure that the jewels were oiled and everything is balanced and stick and span and to now the clock will function correctly. So Mm -hmm. we can see that way with the mind also. So both this analogy of the car being rebuilt or the clock being rebuilt is exactly what we're doing. So we've got to take stuff apart. Mm -hmm. Got to get down to the nuts and bolts of what is the base feeling, it's fear. Let's start working with fear. But guess what, we start working with this fear right from the very beginning to learn to feel secure why is that because we can't inspect fear when we are in fear it has to be inspected from the outside of how does this work what kind of kicks it off and when we're already afraid it's hard to inspect it yeah yeah, yeah that's true. okay and so uh this is why we uh use the phrase bhikkhu Dasi uses the frame of having the mind fit for work so that we can see the basis and the source of the fear rather than being stuck in the fear
2: mm-hmm. yeah
0: it's much more efficient i remember my retreat <laughs> and uh, i was not in the place to to be um uh, you know aware enough yeah um mm-hmm. So dependent origination is uh, is the way the mind uh, builds back together every time we meet a, a trigger, right?
1: Yes. In so, fact, the okay. teaching of Petitthi samuppada actually, with all of its intricate details, many people miss out on the fact that, oh, this is the malfunction of the mind. That as children, we start off ignorant, then we start Piling on a whole bunch of past, ignorantly, we start figuring out what's a parent, what's a child, and fit in and form those uh, patterns, etc., like that. So that in the present moment, when we see something, say with the eyes, we try to figure out what it is. Well, the only way we can figure out what it is is by comparing it with something in the past. Mm-hmm. And along with that past image or comparison comes the feelings that were associated with that past. And so we reprogram the feelings right into it so that when we figure out what it is, if that's what we made of it,
2: yeah, we get the- our own
1: manufacturer is then what we actually experience. Mm-hmm. That's the pass and that gives rise to the feeling. And so we have our feelings are ignorant now. And so if we like something, we'll want it. If we want it, we'll really have to have it. And now we're into full-on grasping and clinging, and that takes us into the state of a woeful uh, animal of actually no, this is the preta, of wanting things that we don't have. And so we're in a great state of desire, which is its own kind of hell. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: You don't get no satisfaction, so the song goes. Okay, and so there's many different ways of doing this. And Bhikkhu Buddha Dasa talks about, let's have some wisdom at the feeling level. Let's start controlling the feelings and then back up from there into the actual process of how did we get that thought? And why do those bad feelings have to be associated with that? Okay. And so uh that's the way that we actually experience Patiya but we need the skills that we've developed through Anapanasati so that we don't feel the way that we used to feel. We can control the way that we feel now. And then we recognize, oh, I used to feel bad. Or most likely I would feel bad now if I had not seen the fact that I made this up mm-hmm. <laughs> that I created my own experience here and a lot of people go around worrying about the future worrying about money worrying about things that never happen Mm -hmm. they never do happen except in the mind they're worried about something that doesn't happen but they gotta think about it and feel bad about it and maybe not even prepare just continue to feel bad
0: yeah and make like a decision that breeds even more um of this mm-hmm.
1: thing, so an example of one of those as heavy duty is is that somebody gets fired from their job,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and so they start to feel bad. Oh, or for me, I can't get another job. What am I going to do now, etc., like that. And, and instead of saying, "Well, I'm glad that I'm finished with that job. What am I going to do next?" No, we don't. We go into the bad feelings that may last for weeks. Sometimes they'll last longer than that. And all the time that we're unemployed, we feel really, really, really bad.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and it's also like an addiction, right? Because uh, you feel bad, you have to act to to relieve it. So you get a new job and you believe this is the the solution. I mean, you do uh, and uh, because you don't feel uh, that feeling anymore because, uh, um, you know, you changed your feeling through action, right?
1: That reinforces the. uh, That's right. That that's in fact the driver. Our feelings is what drives us into action.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: The feelings cause the wanting, and then the feelings cause the craving, and that craving is the actions that take us to work every day.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Oh, we're supposed to do that. And so then the, then the critical mind, uh, uh, the critical parent comes in and says, You're supposed to, you're supposed to, you're supposed to, you're supposed to. And every time we don't want to, we feel bad because we're supposed to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So with that upon Asati, we say, Hey, I saw that I'm supposed to in there. And pfft, out it goes. I'm not supposed to do anything except just sit here and be happy. <laughs> I don't, and I'm not even supposed to do that, huh?
2: <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, <right>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no more supposed tos. And yeah. so this is how we, we come out of that. But we have to remember to do it rather than get caught up in those supposed to thoughts. Mm-hmm. Or what about isms?
0: And um, uh, if we do that uh, very regularly with all, I mean, uh, more and more triggers that come up. Uh, is there a point where um, where you you switched all your sankaras to um, to not react uh, negatively to them and you don't get uh, triggered anymore at all? Or is it yes,
1: a- but but there's kind of a dual process in there. The dual process means in the sense of inner and outer. Okay, on the inside. We're cleaning that old Sankara up. On the outside, we're not allowing old bad Sankaras from the present moment of bad associations to come in and dunk up the works. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so associating with uh, ordinary people begins to become tiring for nobles. They would rather be around people who are awake and happy, et cetera, like that. <clears throat> and so they they take on the job of making everybody around them happy, which is easy enough to do. But it's also really good sometimes to get away from those kind of people altogether like at work and associate with people who are, hmm. let us say, uh, more nobly oriented into happiness, being here now, uh, the joy of the Dhamma, etc., like that. And I think that we can build that kind of community online. It'll take a while. It'll take a bit of effort for each one of us, but the benefits of having some really good friends. Yeah. That's what I learned about Watsouan Mok, that it's not so much about each monk doing his own little practice and his own little cootie know is when he's done his little practice and his little duty, he's fit for associating with.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But he's nobly minded and he's worthy of being in the association of nobles. And so this is the way and we can help each other that way. So that if one of them drops out of being noble, the other guys could slap him around a little bit. Hey, wakey, wakey.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's a huge help. Uh, I'm
1: sure.
0: It is. It's,
1: I'm sure. Um, and so that—that's the answer then to your question about you're going to have to deal with Santars on both sides of the fence, uh, inside and outside. The question is now that do we have the wisdom to properly know how to deal with the outside world and in what ways so that it doesn't create a a load of crap for us mm-hmm. can we in fact associate with nobles, and can we be careful and mindful when we're around ordinary people?
0: Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's another <laughs> practice, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Not creating new. And it's
1: something worth practicing, but we can't practice it well if we haven't practiced it on the inside. Uh, uh, this is exactly why. In schools, they have a fire drill. Why? Because they want the kids to get used to what they've got to do without them being panicked and in terrified mode when there's an actual fire.
2: Yeah.
1: They have to mm-hmm. practice. The same thing is with music. I haven't ever used the fire drill episode or, or whatnot, but it's probably a pretty good example that we've got to get the kids to uh, uh, to stop panicking and start following... The procedure that we need to get ourselves safe
0: so when uh, when something comes up and uh and, and you not it's uh, it's new right you don't have any sincaras so instead of uh, starting not to like it you try to to build up uh, enjoyment of this uh, situation this new situation right is that the way to not uh, create an aversion or something
1: well This is where the idea of become aware, fully aware of actually what's going on, and then second, enjoy the show.
2: Okay, yeah.
1: Yeah, that's that's the enjoyment of the show, uh, is, is recognizing that our feelings of unsafety in this situation is from our own past. We're looking to see is it actually physically dangerous right now? Use some wisdom. Be in the present moment rather than in the terror of the child. Mm. That, in fact, that's what happens at a, at a riot. When you've got police with shields on one side and a bunch of people with uh, 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 unhappy feelings and uh, Molotov cocktails on the other side. Yeah. And there's not an adult in the crowd anywhere. Mm. The cops take on the role of critical parent, and the rebels take on the role of rebellious child, not an adult in the crowd. Even the filmers or the the media, they're one of the other two. If anybody was really awake to what was going on and saw how dangerous the whole thing was, they'd leave. Yeah, it's not a place for adults to be. (laughs) We need to walk away from this one. Okay, so uh, in that extreme case, we can see that that's true in family situations. It's true at the dinner table. It's just sometimes we don't want to get involved with this. Mm -hmm. At other times, it's a good idea to bring an adult into the room. Mm -hmm.
0: And uh, sometimes it's uh, subtle and uh... Because sometimes we leave because we don't feel good, right? So, you know, it's going to to trigger you even more. So you leave before it's too late.
1: Precisely so that if they've already gotten to me and I know that they've gotten to me, yeah. now is a really important time to take a hike before they shoot me again. Yeah, let me That's walk away wounded rather than having to be carried off the field.
2: <laughs> yeah. And um, yeah,
0: I feared sometimes that this would uh, reinforce the negative uh, Sankara, right? Because uh, I relieve myself by not uh, feeling this and, you know, going away. Um, well, up- if you
1: have two or more people who were unhappy with the situation,
2: <laughs> if
1: you walk away, you become irrelevant. They won't continue howling at you and, and say, come back here and fight with us.
2: Yeah, that's true.
1: that you in in fact if that happens you you walk away way too late. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. Okay, yeah.
1: Yeah, so yeah, when there's when there's a scuffle or anything like that and we don't know how to handle it, take a hike. But then we can go away, recollect what was going on, recognizing that we did have a control there if we'd only thought about it, but we didn't think about it at the time. And so we can review that situation so that when it happens again, we'll be able to better handle it next time.
2: Mm-hmm. And so Which
1: in fact the second time it may require us to get it, get out. <laughs>
0: yeah, next time it happens, you try to, to... To you know, turn this this
1: thing into yeah. you have to figure out the situation. See, do we have any power here or not? Yeah. And when you, I have (laughs) have the power to to patch this up. Do I have the power to get everybody smiling? -hmm. And if I don't have that power, it's better to walk out.
0: Yeah, when you when you cannot enjoy it anymore, and you're getting too much.
1: Right, if you're not enjoying it, then how can you help them enjoy it?
2: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) Right, so that's the time to walk out. Next time, can I stand here and enjoy it while this is going on? If I can enjoy it, then I can spread that joy. Mm -hmm. But if I can't enjoy it, better to take a hike. Mm
0: -hmm. Okay, so I'll try to enjoy the situation. (laughs)
1: Mm hmm.
0: And take a hike when uh, when it's not uh, possible
2: anymore.
1: <laughs> yeah, anything, everything that happens out in the world, that's an opportunity to practice Dhamma. To say, is this worth fixing or is this worth leaving? Oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Or that'll keep us out of trouble.
2: Mm-hmm
1: especially when we're really young and in the dhamma and don't know what is what's going on we recognize at least that hey i can't fix this let me out of here (laughs) (laughs) yeah Yeah. but like i said we eventually develop the skills so that we can handle anything Mm
0: -hmm. yeah it's a it's a question of a capacity right if i am able to to withstand, uh, you know, uh, maybe someone or a family or someone, you know, uh, uh, triggering me, then I can just um, um, even like, uh, yeah, make the situation better because I'm enjoying it. Or it's like a, yeah, a superpower. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> but if, if if I'm not,
0: uh, if I didn't, uh, if I don't have the capacity, if I'm not able yet to, you know, have a, a unified mind at this point uh yeah then uh, back out
1: and you know r- recollect mm-hmm. right and, uh, and then uh exactly back. right okay so if you have that unified mind that's also the attitude of hey i can handle this i got this mm-hmm. wired. no problem here okay and that thought may not take so long i mean it takes what five or ten seconds to say it but it's actually just an attitude
2: yeah yeah
1: Yeah, it's the attitude, hey, I can handle this. Mm -hmm. That way we can really enjoy the show. It's because we know that it'll never get out of hand. we got it.
0: Yeah, that's a a good feeling for sure.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's a good feeling to have. And it's good to cultivate it.
2: It's total security.
1: That is while we're sitting there breathing. Wow, I got this breath wired. Yeah, I got it. (sighs) (laughs) And so we develop and cultivate that feeling of uh, we could use the word power, but it's not really power. It's more to do with the feeling of success. Mm -hmm. That's the right word to use. And another word to use would be also wealthy. We Mm -hmm. feel wealthy. It doesn't matter how much this costs, I've got pocket change.
0: It's almost money. like a safety, safe, security and uh, and success, like a secure success. You will never yes, lose.
1: Exactly. Right. I'm secure here. It don't matter what the price of this situation is. I've got it in pocket change.
2: Hmm.
0: Yeah, it's like you really want a lot money, right? yeah. and you'll never go
2: hungry again. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right. I'll never go hungry again. Yeah. I'll go on a diet or two, but I won't go hungry again. (laughs) Not in the system, oh, I've got to have it. Yeah,
0: yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, There's a tummy sensation that uh, the tummy wants something, but that's not hunger unless you don't like it. (laughs) Yeah, just that.
2: Yeah, I see what you mean.
1: Uh All right. Well, let's go ahead and finish now. I think that this has been a really, really good session. I'm so pleased with your progress. Keep going. Keep watching. I enjoyed this talk a
0: lot. Thank you very much. (laughs) All right.
1: We'll see you soon.
0: Have a good moment. Bye-bye. Thank
1: you. You got anything left? Any any last questions? Um, You're good to go.
0: I'm fully satisfied.
2: (laughs) Thank you very (laughs)
1: much. (laughs) Excellent. (laughs) <laughs> okay, see yeah.
2: Okay. See you.